Well, welcome to Remainders. This is a, I guess it's kind of like a double feature because we just got done talking about our Halloween films in the franchise and ranked them all. So if you haven't heard that episode, you can go back. It's the previous episode, number 25 in the Remainders uh, series. And this is 26. And we're going to be talking about the film Haxon, uh, which is a silent film from 1922. And Pat, let me just start by saying, uh, hey, Happy Halloween, man. Happy Halloween, but this is uh, my favorite month uh, of the year because of Halloween. Everything is my perfect temperature, uh, the fall, uh, uh, the autumnal setting, and all the horror movies. And so that's what we're going to be kind of focusing on this month. So. I don't know. Do you find it kind of like almost like going to like a restaurant and there's like when there's too much on the menu, it's like almost like, you know, your head kind of explodes during this uh, holiday because there's so much you want to watch. And every night there's like just too much on the menu. You know, it's like too many horror movies uh, like the, like, for instance, the Criterion, uh, like stuff that they rolled out. It's like they got vampires, they got 80s horror, they got, you know, universal monsters in my head oh, every yeah. night. is like, where do I go? You know, it's going to be this black and white Dracula again, which I've seen for like the 2000th time. Or am I going to watch Catherine Bigelow uh, vampire take and, you know, enjoy that tonight? It's so hard. And I know you did watch that one recently. I did. So that's pretty dark. Yes. That's so good. Yeah. Uh, Catherine Bigelow, who we mentioned quite a bit previously talking about Point Break. Yeah. Near Dark's uh, always a go to classic. That one's uh, getting. I mean, Paxson too, you know. That's what I'm saying. Like, Anytime yeah, you got Bill Paxson. She collects uh, uh, the Cameron crew quite a bit in that movie. And oh, it's so good. Um, I never feel overwhelmed because even though I'm watching more horror movies in October, I'm watching horror movies uh, the uh, other 11 months of the year. So um, I definitely have uh, time and uh, uh, the, the focus to do that. Uh, it's I think it's more on me because like, I just want like halloween to never end so it's like the month of october as soon as it turns october 1st i'm like okay like let me fit all the halloween shit oh, yeah. in i can you know yeah i mean i'm loving your uh paintings right now it looks like uh that was a piece from one of your uh halloween um art classes uh is that right yeah the, yeah the, yeah that one's fantastic yeah thanks for it. saying that i've been trying to paint more in the month of october as well a little bit more scary spooky don't you know never mind the uh uh, the mixture of uh, Beatles. Um, yeah, but the skull Beatles right next to it uh, adds it, uh, it, it. Yeah, there you go. The skull with the Beatles. We could probably just life. say this one's not as Halloween, but everything else is in the, my background. And yeah, I, I, I just love this time of year uh, so much that every bit of my art being gets like thrown into it. So yeah, that was the art class that I did. I set up like a cool Halloween um, uh, still life and everybody got to paint from that. And that was like a way of keeping it original, but also like getting you in the spirit. And those kind of things are cool, especially like there's a place in Burbank that I just found out about and I'm sure everybody in LA knows about it, but it's called Halloween Town. Mm. So my girlfriend and I went and all year round, it's like a street in Burbank that has Halloween themed stores. And so it doesn't just happen and exist for Halloween. It happens all year round. And uh, I got a lot of those props at that Halloween store. Um, the coolest oh. thing, cool things to do here in LA. There's always something spooky, exciting. I went to Universal um, Horror Nights 
and did the hollow speaking of halloween uh the episode we just did i i waited in line for three hours for michael myers to scare me for 15 minutes through the uh <laughs> exhibit and then they had a killer clowns from outer space exhibit or, or uh, haunted house which was awesome oh, yeah. um really cool really long day though um so I'm, I'm really doing it up man how about you what what have you been doing to get yourself in the halloween mood oh my goodness well so we were texting earlier today uh getting ready to record and so i'm basically coming home right now from um 14 hours at the music box i slept at the music box last night for their uh 24 hours of horror marathon the music box how does that happen do you like sleep in the seat like what the hell that's what I did. I was, I was so I was going to aim for all 24 hours. Didn't happen. I ended up going there at 10 o'clock and I've been at the music box since 10 o'clock last night. We started recording today at one. And so I am feeling great, but uh, uh, excuse me for any hot takes that I may have because I'm on almost <laughs> sleep. So, but yeah, I mean, so if you're in Chicago, the music box is obviously we've mentioned it multiple times here. Definitely one of the best theaters. Um, certainly in Chicago and I think the nation um, and they have the music box of horrors every single year um, before Halloween, 24 hours of old horror, uh, new horror, obscure, some famous. Um, it's just a perfect programming of uh, horror coming from all different directions. And um, yeah, I have such a great time. I got there at 10 last night. I was going to try to do it earlier, but uh, ended up getting a little bit of work done and then, showing up at 10 uh kind of hung out with the vendors a little bit a lot of cool local vendors uh brick brack and whatnot in chicago selling their stuff rare dvds and all the cool horror stuff that uh we love and then uh watched blade and uh, i was off uh, i ended up falling asleep at like three o'clock in the morning for about two hours i missed idle hands uh which started at three o'clock which was, I was excited to watch, but uh, kind of fell asleep for it. Just in my seat, you know, pretty uh, pretty cozy in there. All these people uh, getting excited for movies at two, three in the morning is a rarity, um, even for Chicago. So uh, woke up, watched um, The Oracle from 1985, and then Flesh Eater, which was a heavily uh, Romero-inspired zombie movie. And then their capper, uh, which we've which we've offhandedly talked about recently was Ernest Scared Stupid, uh, which is which is that's what's kind of unique about um, the music box of horror is that you can have high art and low art and it just blends so perfectly together like peanut butter and jelly. There's uh, nothing uh, unusual about the fact that they're ending the uh, the marathon with Ernest Scared Stupid, which, by the way, had um, some of the best effects by the Chiodo brothers, uh, as you just mentioned. It's, they did the effects for Ernest Scared Stupid, uh, the directors of Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Killer Clowns from Outer Space, yeah. Yeah, and they basically outdid themselves with those creature effects um, playing off of Ernest. Um, so, I mean, that was a childhood favorite, I think, for a lot of people in uh, an introduction to horror for a lot of kids. Uh, in the early 90s too so I think that's a big reason why they wanted to end it and they wanted to end it with something uh, a little bit lighter you know not something dreary like yeah. uh, zombies uh, uh, eating everybody so they ended with something like that so I was texting you while we were uh, that was finishing up so walked out 
enjoyed uh, a brief walk and and then we just uh finished up our recording of uh halloween ranking as i mentioned as you mentioned and so you can check that out on a different episode and then i'm still excited to keep on talking about Haxon. yeah totally and uh thank you for uh doing this uh, we've been trying to mix around like our schedules and it looks like today you're the one who's actually the busiest. And so I appreciate you making the time. I had no clue that you were sleeping there last night. I mean, I knew you were doing it, but I just didn't know like how involved you were going to be in it, you know? Oh, I mean, yeah, it's like, I didn't plan on falling asleep. It just happened to be like that at three in the morning. I, uh, if it was up to me, During I the Devin Sawa, uh, idle hands, yeah, right. I would have, I would have <laughs> happily stayed up and watched, uh, Devin Sawa and Seth Green, uh, in that great movie from 99, but, uh, just happened to miss that. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I'm on a roll. So it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm happier doing this now because I'm like so pumped with, uh, I was going to say, you kind of feel like more focused than you ever have. I almost feel like you should do 24 hour marathons every time we do, uh, roll into a next remainders episode, you know, 24 hour marathon, chug some iced coffee and you're good to go with uh, a horror appreciation month on remainders. So yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, let's get into hacks and then, you know, like I, so this is my, my pick and I got Darren pick. The reason that we're talking about this film today is because of uh, silent films. We haven't covered a silent film yet on Remainders. And I think this month is perfect to talk about a silent film. And the reason I wanted to talk about this one specifically is because it has a lot to do with witchcraft and, uh, you know, devils and demons and things like that. Um, And like, it's not about how heady it could get about, you know, uh, I think this explores a little bit more about like the reasonings of why people thought people were witches and, and, you know, debunking some of that, even for 1922, it's pretty amazing that they were like going there. And it's not really the reason that I chose this film. It's more so because it's so fucking scary mm. to see a silent film like this, in my opinion, um, to revisit it in 2022, to see a film from 1922. So we're talking a hundred years we're talking about seeing this film uh, during Halloween, where you have to see the expressions to understand the content, and it's terrifying. There's no, there's you know, there's there's a score which um, has been redone because I believe that they had to, um, you, you know, the um, the film itself I believe had to be updated a few times. It's on the Criterion uh, channel right now. And that's where we watched it. So in 2016, they released the film as a 2k restoration. Um, but over time, they've kind of recut this film. Um, and, you know, wasn't in 1922, wasn't necessarily like the easiest thing for audiences to watch something about witchcraft um, because it's uh, directed by um, a man named Benjamin Christensen. And he also portrays the devil. So if anybody's seen this film, that is like one of the scariest parts of this entire film is the devil. Like he's got his tongue wagging. It's insane. And it scares the shit out of me. Um, There's some amazing tongue work from this director as the devil. Yeah, sorry. My phone was just going off. As soon as I said the devil, I was like, oh, shit. Like, (laughs) what does this mean? Um, That's modern technology for you. That's the devil. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, like basically in 1922, if they saw a cell phone, they would think that was the devil. Right. So um, but yeah, he's like wagging his tongue and he just pops up and it's like, um, again, if you don't know anything about the film and you just see these images, they're they're, they're terrifying. Um, It. The film itself explores witchcraft through history, right? So highlighting the superstitions about it, um, the folklore, misunderstandings, hysteria, 
medical findings, torture, um, and more, including some like Frankenstein-like grave robbing adventures in one of the uh, the vignettes there. And um, yeah, I, I brought my version of Frankenstein, which I, I read every year. Oh yeah. Uh, and then also I'm reading right now, as I talked about Dracula. So as we go through and talk about these things, it's kind of like all intertwined, right? Like grave robbing and different things like that. They get like reintroduced through movies through time and Haxon kind of has all of it. It has like a, a witch's brew, let's say, of all of the kind of elements that make scary movies that we love today. So when you ask like why this movie for me, it really has to do with like, it has a lot to offer, it's historical, but it's also like creepy in the fact that it's from 1922, hundred years ago, and it's silent. Um, you had never seen this film before. Uh, this was the first time right. watching it. Yeah, this was always uh, on my radar. I knew it existed, uh, but yeah, I had never sat down to watch it. Um, and I had I'd seen images of it before, but yeah, this was definitely a, a first time run through for it. And uh, man, yeah. It's certainly as intense, if not more, as uh, you're describing it right now. Yeah. As what, what? What are your? What are your? Did you like it? Like, what are your first initial thoughts when you saw it? Um, you know, I mean, without knowing much about it. I had such a great time watching it. I watched this on a Sunday morning, so instead of going to church, I watched Haxon. Um, you know, <laughs> nice. Not really disrupting my normal pants, but uh, that's uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it was. It was a shame because like when you uh, suggested it, uh, I was just Googling it um, and there was like two separate screenings here in Chicago with like live scores at our oh, theater yeah. that I that I met when I missed. And then the second one I couldn't uh, I already was uh, booked that night. And so I wasn't able to attend it. But um, as I've mentioned before, it's just like living in Chicago. Um, there's always so many great uh, fucking opportunities to watch great movies at the, our uh, theaters and whatnot. This um, film is like a, a top one for that. Like um, here in LA, I talked to my friend. I was like, have you ever seen Haxon? You know, I'm a, we're going to do a remainders episode on it. And he, he was like, oh yeah, I saw that like two years ago uh, with a live music score. Oh, oh, yeah. So that's actually like a yeah. pretty popular with a lot of these um, silent films. No, it's awesome. I mean, that's probably why I've seen it like uh, popular amongst the, the film crowd here in Chicago. Um yeah, I had an amazing time watching this. It, it's such a, a great historical document. Uh, obviously, you said it's 1922, uh, legitimately 100 years old right now, uh, which is kind of crazy to think about that. Uh, we're, I mean, talk about a testament of uh, a piece of art of like you create a film and people are still talking about it 100 years later, not just talking about it, but showing it uh, on a regular basis. That is uh, the height of success, I think, for uh, for a filmmaker uh, to wish for. Um, but yeah, like it 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 is just it just um, it spoke to me a lot, largely in terms of um, its influence on film. Um, I was thinking of like Robert Eggers and The Witch. I, I mean, I guarantee that Robert Eggers was like jerking off to this film in the best way. <laughs> when he was uh, doing The Witch, which is a movie I fucking love uh, because there are just so many uh, direct influences and style choices and kind of just um, visual uh, aesthetics that uh, he definitely pulled from this movie, rightfully so. Um, and yeah, it just captures what um, witchcraft uh, was like in the Middle Ages, which is really just, you know, another form of like religious... Um, persecution for stuff that uh, can't be explained immediately. So they just 
call it uh, evil, uh, the devil's work, and then they just burn you for it. And, you know, luckily that's not quite uh, what we do anymore, but uh, in different formats maybe. Um, and so, yeah, I had an amazing time watching it. Thank you for uh, uh, suggesting this because um, it's definitely one that's going to be sticking with me for a long time, I think. And it's obviously one that yeah, stuck you with you for a long time. Yeah, you know, like the reason that I first saw this film was, um, I believe it was in... <clears throat> maybe 2019 Criterion uh, had released a uh, German expressionism uh, sort of series. And there was a ton of old um, silent films in there uh, that you could watch, you know, around Halloween time. So it was uh, really themed that way. And I believe Haxon was in there and I had kind of gone down the rabbit hole of watching all of those films. And I just started to really be like, I had never really seen these films before visually. It was so new and exciting and scary. And I thought like, in my opinion, I couldn't really be like scared anymore. Like, right. We, we got, we, like we just talked about Michael Myers and slasher yeah. films yeah, yeah, and yeah. everything that's like, so haunting to you around Halloween. You're like, I've seen it all, but like when you go back a hundred years, these films are actually, completely terrifying and you think about like yourself and some of these scenarios and these scenes that they show um i love the uh the, like the kind of like the way they gel silent films for moods like with color like it's just like a straight blue that'll go right. over a certain yet or you know yeah. something sepia toned and um it's like what they had to work with at the time but also the artistry of the sets and things like that you know they must have put so much time into building these things and around the time i was watching that german expressionism thing there's a, a popular play uh kind of in the arts district here in la called cages that was playing and cages has a lot to do and um with uh the um uh, uh sorry, cages had a lot to do with projectionism and, and, and kind of playing with that, which is what a lot of this is. So like there's scenes in here where you see the witches flying and they're projected. Uh, and it's like really, really great stuff that they do as far as um, visually in this film and the way that the sets are built, which really brings you into this kind of weird world. It's what they had to work with at the time, but it's carried over a hundred years later as making this movie even more creepy because of the way that they had to sort of utilize the technology at the time, which was um, really just building sets and kind of using projection, you know, to tell the story. Hell yeah. No, that's like such a good point on the, the images of that, especially the, the witch is fine. Cause yeah, that, as I was mentioning, as we were talking about Rob Zombie, it's like one of the hardest things you can do is to, imprint an image on somebody as a filmmaker and that sticks with them it's like and uh there's definitely the case with that with a lot of images that were from this movie um and like you were saying it's like it is pretty fucking scary like it's it's creepy to watch this movie um one um for the average reasons because it's part historical these things actually like happened to these all these women that were accused of witchcraft and then burned um for their supposed devil work uh, but the other part is the aesthetics. It's, it, it, is, it does have um, a, um, you know, it's not like horrific images. They're just like so disturbing. It's like you just you're just seeing things that like uh, you, you don't that makes you uh, uh, feel uh, off by just kind of viewing them. And that's uh, like I said, that's a very hard thing for a filmmaker to do. Um, it was making me. I mean, as you uh, as you mentioned that, it's making me think of like which movies actually 
are scary. Um, I mean, we both love horror. We just we just talked about an entire franchise of Halloween. At no point where where we mention any of them are actually kind of frightening or anything. We watch them for fun. Um, but uh, it's pretty rare for a movie to be actually scary. I mean, as a kid, like the only movie that ever actually kind of freaked me out as a kid was The Exorcist, which I think is a common answer for a lot of people because it's so fucking great and it's uh, uh, so well done. And we see Pazuzu, the devil, at the beginning of this movie. That's the devil that they use in The Exorcist. We see an image of, of uh, that character at the very beginning and it brought me back, back to that. But yeah, this, the movie definitely uh, has a uh, pretty unique uh way of uh making you feel off while seeing some of these images some of it is some of it is the time the fact that it is 100 years old so it's just naturally it's just going to look a little bit more freaky (laughs) right 100 yeah Yeah, yeah. and you kind of like kind of like when you watch nosferatu right you're like such an old silent film as well but you're like damn this is like creepy because it's so old like you know you can it's hard to put yourself into a time period that even to fathom that people existed in that time you know it's like going through a an old uh uh grave graveyard and you see people like headstones from 1800s and you think holy shit like that's a time period i you know don't even yeah. know anything about like people were walking around during that time and they've been gone for so long it just makes your mind go places and again just this being silent and that there's no dialogue and that there's this you know creepy music score and stuff like that it really adds to it because i, I like your question like what what really scares us what movies really do scare us right like you, we could talk about the babadook and i don't know if you've seen that film but like oh, yeah. it talks a lot about um that movie is one of the basis of why I wrote the um, Scissors Eulogize record, because mm. talking about horror and things that we like put into the into our world based on um, traumatic events uh, and carrying around grief with you, like is a way of telling a horror movie. And I thought that's why that movie was so great. There's different ways, again, what makes something truly scary. I guess it's all, of course, up to the audience and the individual um you could be really scared about a slasher movie of course and those are scary because like you don't ever want to know that kind of thing happening in your own life of course and it's one of those great mysteries that like we're like what like what are we afraid of you know like what really yeah. truly scares us so that question obviously is up to it's in the eye of the beholder or the person watching but at the same time like movies like Haxon do it so well because of all of the things we just mentioned yeah. I mean, when you ask what actually scares us, I mean, my answer has always been the unknown. Just not knowing is humanity's biggest fear. Um, and that kind of plays out in a lot of movies, just technically. It's like not seeing the creature is oftentimes far more uh, frightening than actually no- seeing it on screen. And, and maybe like... It kind of relates to this it's like the, the devil because they believed in the devil and so but they didn't quite know what was going on so their fear of the unknown was projected onto uh persecuting witches <laughs> oh yeah 100 yeah that's yeah. that's very well said yeah like we don't like what we just talked about it like the unknown like why is michael right. myers killing that's like the whole crux of everybody's like love of that franchise is that they have no clue why he's yeah. just pure evil right like that's the thing the deadest of eyes 
He had the dentist of eyes. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty tired, so actually my Loomis is, is probably probably pretty sound and accurate with the right yeah. Voice, so <laughs> yeah, very like laid back and very relaxed. You know, blackest of eyes. Um, oh man, yeah, this movie is wild. So it's broken up into the seven parts. Um, I mean, it sounded like um it was originally created more of a documentary but then they as they were making it uh it kind of took on a little bit not necessarily of narrative but of like stage acting in the seven parts so um, yeah it's even interesting because yeah. like i feel like the director does break the fourth wall and tell the audience like hey I, we are using that. the same actor yeah yeah, yeah. Interesting, right that's the, when we get to seven if we go in order i, I want to talk about that because i thought that was so cool um uh, him bringing that towards at the end um but yeah i mean lots of graphic torture in this orgies with the devil as you mentioned that's benjamin christensen playing it uh what a perfect name by the way christensen for making yeah. this movie um right you know love it his namesake um Hexen films i just found out that's what the, that was the produced production company that uh, made blair witch in 99 they named it themselves Hexen films so oh, that was a nice oh yeah because like Hexen means uh witch right yeah yeah so that's cool um, but then, yeah, like I said, I, I saw a lot of influence with um, The Witch by Robert Eggers, and uh, that definitely tied up a lot of it for me. Um, but yeah, did you want to talk about like each segment kind of uh, through or did you have like any standout uh, components, uh, images that you wanted to mention? We can if you want. Um, I think that you said it the best. I think it, you know, if you're if you're thinking of to the audience out there. If you're thinking about watching this film, I would just say, go through it and watch it in um, the lens that you're trying to be entertained um, more so than trying to like the historical value. I think you got to go yeah. into it first, like be entertained by like the imagery and just like sort of the creepiness of the film in the first place. Cause we could go into all that kind of stuff. Like they do break it up in seven parts so that they can talk about different things. One of my favorite parts, to be honest with you, is just like the photography of the, like the torture devices. Um, oh. It's just cool to see the way they film that, <laughs> yeah. which I thought was beautifully filmed, you know, again, like for, a hundred years ago it was like really beautifully filmed but there's also really really creepy stuff where they're like cauldrons and you know devils and like you said orgies with the devil um it really goes through all of those like seven parts to kind of tell you um why as a society we persecuted witches or you know have a misunderstanding about certain things uh that is like almost like a forewarning tale, but I kind of just don't want to talk about it that way in, in, a, in this episode, because I'm more so bringing this to everyone's attention because it's creepy and it's uh, interesting <laughs> to view during Halloween. You know what I mean? I don't want to get too heavy yeah. about it, I suppose. No. Yeah. I mean, you, it, again, this was made in 1922. It was, it, and in 1922, they were like, Whoa, this is crazy. What they thought about uh witchcraft back then right well it's pretty yeah. easy to look at it in, tw in 2022 and be like well that was their view of women still in 1922 uh it's not really as evolved as you would hope so yeah people, like, not much has changed right exactly right, right, right. well like at the end they were just like well it's not witchcraft it's just hysteria which would be like yeah it's just women being crazy for being women <laughs> that was like right. their kind of rational discussion at the end uh so that doesn't uh uh that's kind of like another aspect of like well looking back like this is what we actually thought in the past um but yeah no those images of the torture devices were pretty fucking rad the spike collar the toe cutter um and there was the hobble which was just throwing me back to misery i watched that a couple months ago 
which is the great, yeah. hobble, best hobbling scene ever. Uh, but just showing uh, that device, those devices here were so badass. But yeah, that was the part where, as we just kind of mentioned before, it does get a little meta. He puts like a, a card and it says, my actress uh, wanted to try out thumbscrew. She confessed. So I thought that was like so perfect. So it shows like an image of his actress, like uh, volunteering to do it. And then uh, being, being like, oh yeah, I get, I understand like why so many women were confessing because they were basically getting tortured uh, one way or the other. So yeah, it's kind of breaking the fourth wall in that. Um, and that's why it's like such an interesting film in general too, to like, uh the like filmmaking process and and how um i don't know if i've necessarily seen a film since that's done it the same way you know yeah yeah no it's it's uh, this is again 1922 this was like the beginning of film uh films were still silent obviously it was like a completely new medium it's just crazy to think about it's like how ubiquitous films in our lifetime and for a couple generations before us was but like uh, it's still a relatively new medium. That's what's kind of crazy about it. I mean, when you compare it to like yeah. music, music literature, whatnot, film is is a new medium, and uh, and that's why hopefully you get as much um, experimental um, as many experimental filmmakers as you can. But it's like everything everybody was doing in the teens and the twenties was experimental because it had never been done before. I mean, in in uh, I just watched. Uh the newest scream film which as a franchise i think that is like west one of what west craven's um i want to hear your tra- take on it yeah have you seen the newest oh, yeah. so in theaters oh yeah for sure so the the first three scream films to me are are underrated i still think that they're i don't i i think people love them but i think that they should be like really highly regarded especially the first one of course i think is yeah. an astoundingly great film in general uh Wes Craven hats off uh, rest in peace and this newest scream I didn't mind for what it was it's definitely felt like we need to put you know we need to make the money on the franchise and mm. we'll bring back the like players it, it didn't you know it was fine it was a little bit throwaway but I gotta say talking about the way that film has evolved and here we are talking about this a couple of years ago I heard that they were going to bring James Dean back to do another uh movie that they're putting together based on you know a cgi character and -hmm. in the star wars universe they do a lot of uh cgi work to bring back characters that are either long gone or they're doing age uh defying work on their face like uh bringing great horror actor peter cushing back for you know a scene but it kind of works in those films because you're kind of like okay we're trying to tell a story and we want people to understand that that character has a big part in it um it's not carrying the whole film. And I, I can get on board with that. Again, we're talking about the evolution of film and like what they're doing. So I'm seeing more and more of that. And the reason I bring up Scream is because they bring back Billy Loomis as a character who's sort of in the head of his daughter. And in my opinion, it was just like, they just tried too hard. They just, they, they're just trying to bring back too many like characters from the original and you didn't mm. need to bring him back. And it wasn't even very well done as far as like the, uh, cgi or whatever um i don't even know what that process is called but i'm bringing it up and i want to hear your what you have to say about it but i'm bringing it up because of this film like you said it's kind of like this is where we're going in in film right like the marvel universes and stuff everything is kind of put together more in computers uh which is interesting you know is that the way that we're going um i even heard a 
recent Tim Burton interview where he was like, yeah, I kind of like stepped away a little bit from film because people just like don't really have a, the people who are running the studios don't really understand how to do it the way that they used to do it, that they used to make films. And um, I, I heard he said that. Yeah. Yeah. I heard, yeah. And I'm so happy to, I mean, uh, it's never too late, but uh, he should have said that years ago. I think he was like saying like, yeah, finally, when I did Dumbo, it was just like such a, a circus of a, a, of a work environment that uh, there's no point in even trying to make a film with those type of restrict restrictions. And even um, saying like, you know, at the time of Batman, they were saying it was too dark. It was too dark. It was too dark. Yeah. And then he said like, now it's like you watch these Batman films and it's like, they're basically like cotton candy, you know? Yeah. Oh man. I really hope we get some more uh, smaller features from Tim Burton. No, no. That sounds like where he's headed um, from the interview that I read, which would be great. Yeah. I mean, we, we covered Ed Wood because it's one of the greatest movies of all time. And uh, yeah, I would love it. I mean, like I said, I've been, I've been uh, lamenting the fact that he hasn't made uh, smaller features for a while, you know, um, and I would like to just uh, get back to that. Um, but yeah, uh, Scream. Was Billy, what's the actor's name? I forget his name. Skeet Ulrich. Skeet Ulrich. He was actually acting in that, and then they de-aged him, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so he, he yeah. was actually on set, and then they just uh, used CGI to de-age him to look uh, like he was in high school. Um, yeah, I thought that was cool. I mean, that's... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 yeah, that, I mean, that's all I really had to say about it. Uh, I like, I, I definitely like the new Scream. Um, yeah, that, that franchise is fucking is is uh jam-packed uh it's it's pretty uh sustainable um there's definitely no uh movie in there that's like really bad i think scream 3 is probably the weakest in my opinion um despite having patrick warburton in it, it it still wasn't the best um and uh yeah i was definitely a big fan of that new one i like i mean i like the story that it went back with with uh loomis and um i guess we should have said spoilers but yeah and his his lineage um, speaking of uh, the, the the references, like his name was Billy Loomis, and then his daughter's name, Sam Loomis, which basically yeah. just brings it full Sam, circle. No, no, sorry, Sam Carpenter. Oh, in twenty twenty two, yes, in twenty twenty two, Scream, his daughter's name is Sam Carpenter. Really? Samantha Wait, Carpenter. Oh man, I'm remembering it as her being named Sam Loomis. Okay, no, no because no, Sam. No, no. Yeah, Billy partner. Loomis is obviously her father in that universe. Right. Um, and I know we're, we're getting off hacks in a little bit, but yeah, just like that's what we talked about in the Halloween episode, like how it's cool that they, you know, recycle these last names of great horror directors oh, yeah, and right. great horror characters. I mean, that's the best of both worlds. And her name's Samantha Carpenter with her uh, surname as, as, as Loomis. So she's got yeah. the best of both worlds. So, right. You know, it's yeah. Cool. <laughs> um yeah no i i was i was definitely uh very much pro on that new screen um i've been hearing i mean i love that it's like a true nev campbell story uh not yeah. just that one but just like from one through five that she's like she's in and almost the main character in all of them if not all of them uh, well, like like halloween i mean it also takes place in a certain location like woodsboro you know yeah, yeah, yeah. so you're going back to woodsboro just like you're going back to haddonfield every time you hear you know you see these films right right um yeah no i mean that is a good uh component of it that 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 cgid agent because that definitely breaks the doors open for uh, a new type of filmmaking whether or not that's good or bad 
We obviously don't. Well, know, but again, like, it's, it, yeah. As we're talking about witches and stuff, that's another type of witchcraft. I mean, we're able to de-age ourselves in film. We're able to actually make film. Like that could be looked at as a persecuting uh, thing that you get burned alive for uh, back in 1922, for sure. You know, like what the fuck is this? Like, uh, but now it's you know <laughs> pretty normal, and uh, we just technology keeps on getting more. Like you could probably do that de-aging thing on your phone now. I don't even know, but you know, yeah, <laughs> it's just. It's filters, you know, filters on yeah. Instagram. Every picture, I'm, every selfie I'm putting on Instagram every single day, uh, it's always DH to make myself just, like, uh, you know, my beard look a little more trimmed. You can even do that on Zoom. Like, yeah, yeah, a little bit more fluffy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you can even do that on Zoom. You can put like, uh, D, you know, touch up my appearance on this thing. Right, right. Crazy. Um, yeah, so, I mean... It is I mean, I don't think there's really much else to say about Haxon, to be honest with you, unless you have more to say. I just really wanted to introduce it to people that haven't seen this film to let them know it's awesome. It's really cool. Like, don't try to go into it too heady. Try to enjoy it for like the what we talked about, the visuals and how um, it can be. It can really creep you out on a, a Saturday night, you know, hanging with your girl, your guy and, you know, kind of getting moody, having a a glass of wine or something and getting into the holiday spirit of Halloween, uh, this movie will definitely put you in a, in a cool vibe, you know, and that's what it does for me. Anytime I see a silent film around, um, anytime I see a silent film in general, but yeah, especially in Halloween time when you're talking about witches. Hell yeah. No, I mean, I, I completely agree. Um, I, I mean, I was definitely impressed with the, the way it kind of tied everything up at the end. I mean, it was pretty, clear without being preachy um in terms of uh, you know the devil is is in all of us it was basically what it was saying you know it's like we humanity has its own devils and it just manifests in different ways and then we look for things to label evil or the devil um I think they were showing like the doctor, the clergyman at the end. These are all just representations of evil and modern day devils. Uh, you know, a politician uh, strangling a woman, I think, was an image at the end. Um, just showing that like uh, people of power could potentially be evil people in your life. And that's essentially what the devil represents, even though. Yeah, had a bit of time in that way, right? Right, I mean, right, right. Yeah. I mean, there was a there's a quote they put in like the fifth section. Uh, there was a little bit of like um, rehabilitation with a woman that was accused of uh, being a witch in it. And there was a quote, it said, the witch plague, like the black plague, ensued wherever the judges go. Essentially saying it. it's like these judges who were just disciples of the church. I mean, the evil was going wherever they went. So obviously it's just basically saying like it's the church manufacturing um, uh, fright amongst people and then pointing to who's uh, representing evil in its uh, current state. And I thought that was just like, it just, it was so uh, perfectly put without being like preachy in any way. It's just like, I mean, humans create their own evil and then they need somebody to blame for it, which is just a default of humanity, <laughs> which, uh, <laughs> yeah, totally. which we'll see if we can get over that, but that's just something that's been with us. And you see it like, obviously we, like we were mentioning, like it looks primitive in the middle ages to burn witches, but it's like, you know, in 500 years, I'm sure a lot of the stuff that we're blaming people for right now is going to be like, you guys are just looking for a scapegoat. So, and because you didn't have one, because uh, you didn't understand what you were afraid of. Right. Yeah. It's interesting to me that when we talk about this kind of stuff too, like you said, like a lot of forewarning tales 
in the artistry yeah. here. Um, and being from 1922, like, like you said, um, it just like has a lot to offer and ahead of its time. Um, so on second watch, you can go through and say, whoa, what should I take away from this film? You know, and how I understand my world and what's going on in 2022, a hundred years later, you know, uh, based on what I was hearing already just from 1922, what's changed, what, what have we worked on and what, have, what have we gone backwards on, you know? Oof, you just blew my mind. Hopefully it won't go backward. <laughs> Hopefully it won't go backwards too much though. So. Yeah. I mean, you know, that depends sometimes on, uh, the state of the world and the state of things, you know, um, we'll have to see, uh, hopefully, um, I've got a long time left to talk movies with you. Cause, uh, this is like the nice respite, you know, in Oof, my yeah. daily life to be able to come and talk movies with you and have everybody, uh, chime in on what their favorite parts of these episodes are. So I, I would love to have some feedback from you guys out there. If you'd like tax and if you've seen it or what is your favorite, uh, silent film to watch during the, Halloween season, you know, there's more out there, as I mentioned, and I'm always up for the conversation. Hell yeah. The true evil would be to not appreciate horror films. I think that's, I think we can all agree on that. I was just looking at, so here's my uh, music box of horror, uh, still uh, past just on here. It would be remiss not to show that still there. This was my, um, my souvenir. I'm not going to drink it probably, but it's this growler from Corridor Brewing showing some original oh, nice. artwork. For from oh that's uh, awesome horrors, I just figured I usually get like the poster that they do every year, uh, and I'll probably still pick one up. But uh, I figured this would be a pretty unique um, souvenir to keep uh, uh, on top of my fridge or something. So. That's real cool. I love I love the like the drawing on the front and yeah. like that they use the greens and and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Awesome. And so and then also, um, be a good time to talk next episode unless we had any closing thoughts on Haxon. Nope. Like I said, just want uh, everyone to realize how great sometimes older movies can be during this uh, Halloween season. And Haxon is a good place to start. A hundred years ago, um, Benjamin Christensen, who's long gone, we should just say thanks to him for um, putting together such a cool visual striking film. And um, yeah, that's all I got to say about Haxon. I hope you guys enjoy it. Love it. Um, so maybe looking forward really quick. This was your pick, so it's my turn to offer some. Okay. We're going to keep uh, Horror Month going on remainders. Um, we're going to keep it vintage. Mine is from 1955. And so this is a movie that was actually uh, one of the opening films of the Music Box of Horrors just yesterday that I missed. Um, like I was saying, I was going to try to do the whole thing, but ended up getting uh, uh, busy with that. But I did hear it was a completely packed house for this, which was good to, good to know. Uh, but 1955, the movie The Night of the Hunter from Charles Lawton, starring Robert Mitchum. Uh, this is a terribly great film. It's definitely one of my favorite movies from the 50s. And the fact that it was playing at the Music Box of Horrors and we were just keeping it a little old school, I figured this would be a perfect uh, closing for the horror month on Remainders. Um, have you you've seen this? I'm, I'm not uh, sure. I started to watch it, I think, just recently like last month really? because we had robert mitchum like um uh like sweet on criterion Ooh, but never nice. I, I i think it was one of those films where like i was like okay tonight i'm gonna watch 
night of the hunter and i got into it and then like fell asleep or something like that not because it was a bad movie just because i was tired so i'm excited yeah. that's awesome I, I i've definitely heard of the film i definitely know about it and i love robert mitchum of course some of my favorites of his later in, in dead man jim jarmish of course and then of course the original cape fear with robert yep. mitchum he's an incredibly big time badass as well uh it's kind pretty of like a, yeah yeah kind of like a, a, a pretty notable like no no shits given uh personality so i'm excited about it that's so that's great i didn't even know that was your pick yeah that was um i know it's uh, listeners are getting real-time reactions from darren right now and, and they're loving <laughs> it. Um, yeah. yeah it's definitely i mean we'll talk about it but it's 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 in my early 20s i did uh, a plenty of older uh film viewing to catch myself up i remember watching this like back to back with uh, 12 angry men um wow. catching up like on 50s cinema um and this one just always sticking with me um and yeah so i would highly recommend uh people checking that out beforehand and we're gonna get to uh watching that next week very excited awesome. to talk that with you me too. And uh, again, uh, we said this on the last episode, we just did the ranking of all of the Halloween films. So go back and take a listen to that. Take a listen to all of the, um, I guess we're at 26 episodes now of Remainder. So there's a lot to listen to if you guys are interested of previous episodes. But in general, have a great Halloween, everyone. Uh, we'll see you back here with Night of the Hunter with Robert Mitchum. And uh, yeah, Pat. Talk to you next week. Always a pleasure. Happy Halloween, everyone.